Well, good morning. It's great to see you. Hey, we're coming to the last Sunday of this series today. Um, and I hope you have maybe caught on to the, the three sentences that we've, we've tried to preface every uh, section of this uh, uh, passage with. And if you, can't, you can't win if you don't know. Uh, right? We're trying to introduce to you, maybe for the first time, or reintroduce it to you uh, for the fifth time, or for some of you a lot of times, uh, that we are engaged in a mortal combat. We are engaged in spiritual warfare. Um, and by virtue of being a human being, you are uh, engaged in this warfare. And if you don't know about it, you don't know what's trying to be done, you're not aware of who your enemy is and what his tactics are, what his end game is, if you don't know, you can't win. I think through, uh, if you understand the German invasion of most of Europe uh, in World War II, how often that there was just a lot of um, unknown uh, uh, by a lot of the, a lot of unknowns by a lot of those countries in Europe. They just didn't recognize the threat. They didn't recognize the intent um, uh, of of Germany. They didn't. They underestimated the ability of, of the Nazi army. And because of all those things, they were quickly, quickly taken over. I mean, some, some countries, it was a matter of a day. They just blitzkrieg in there, took them over. And it was because they didn't know. And they, they just were not not able, they were not prepared to fight and definitely not prepared to win. The second thing is, is you have been equipped to win. This is what every week has been about, is talking about how God has equipped us to win in this mortal combat, this spiritual warfare that we are in. It is the armor of God, right? This is what he has given to us to equip us to win. What, a, what an incredible God who redeems his, his people, who gives us this new life, who gives us a life we could not earn and didn't deserve, and blesses us with every spiritual blessing, as Ephesians has already said. Uh, and part of that is God doesn't leave us defenseless now that we're in Him against this uh, enemy of our soul. But He has went, uh, like he always, done, he always does, way above and beyond. He lavishly uh, provides for our defense. And it's in this armor of God that He has equipped us with. And that's what we've talked about. And I hope that going forward that you are more and more familiar with this passage of Scripture um, and what each thing maybe means. But today, we finish with this whole idea of this last thought. We have been um, empowered for victory. We have been empowered for victory. Um, and here's where I want to go to start this, this, uh, this sermon today. I want to kind of double back a little bit on some things I talked about a couple weeks ago. We talked about the helmet of salvation. Because I think what is being communicated to us today in these few verses we're going to look at ties into uh, what, what we touched on in the helmet of salvation. Uh, th this, this is called a wrestling, right? We wrestle not, and it's not against flesh and blood. It's against this enemy that, that, that lives in the spiritual realm and who attacks us uh, in the spiritual realm, but primarily that battleground is where? The mind, is it not? 
That's exactly where the battleground is, is the mind. I'm not, don't get me wrong, I am not fighting literal demons. You are not fighting literal demons, like in the physical sense. You know, like, yeah. If you're trying to do that, then, well, we might need to take you somewhere. Right? It's in the mind. The battlefield is in the mind. And I want to double back before I jump into this last thought Paul has about spiritual warfare and um, kind of help us. Uh, this is where I think the topic we're going to talk about here in a few minutes is so vitally tied into the mind, in, in, in our minds. You realize that, especially in the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, that when it talks about the heart, the Jewish uh, a reference to the heart always encapsulated the mind. It was the mind. It, it's, it, when it's speaking to your heart, it's not necessarily speaking to your emotions. A lot of times we tie the heart, you know, we have the love and Cupid and we, the heart and love and feeling and emotion, right? We, the heart and my, how I feel kind of seem to go together. In the scriptures, the heart was the mind, Okay, the control center of your life, of you who you are, is in the mind. And that's how they talked about the heart, right? And so, again, the battlefield is in the mind. Here's some numbers I just want you to think about today. 30,000. 30,000. 30,000, that's the amount of thoughts on average that we have every day. 30,000 thoughts. You're looking at your spouse and thinking, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> if you're a female, you're looking at the male like, I don't think of it, you know. On the other side, it's like, it's like 50,000. You know what I mean, 30,000 on average. Maybe that's the average, right? <laughs> Females are 50, no, I'm teasing. Um, I'm just teasing. 30,000, right? 30,000 thoughts. Here's the next number I want you to consider. Through the data, and again, we've, we've, Ben and I were talking about this today. We laughed about how do they figure this out. I'm not quite sure. But they, this is like, this is solid data. 80% of those 30,000 thoughts are negative. Four out of every five thoughts that you think have a negative connotation. These are the effects of our fallen world. The fall has wrecked everything. Sin entering into the world has brought about pain, suffering, ultimately culminating in death. But it has touched upon our, even our thought patterns. Where four out of five thoughts that we have have a negative connotation. Here's what I want you to also, this last number I want you to think about is 95%. The way our brains work is that when you have a thought, 95% of the thoughts that you have are going to reoccur again. They're reoccurrent thoughts. 95%. That 5%, I don't know. Like, for me, it's like, well, I'm not even going to go into that. That would be really weird. But, um... Just a random, like, go through it, okay? 95% are reoccurrent. So we have 80%, 24,000 thoughts on average a day are negative. And then 95% of those are reoccurrent. Do you see 
where we're at? Do you understand the world we live in and the effects of the fall that are upon us all? And how what God has done in Jesus Christ is absolutely a lifeline for us in every area of our life, but especially our thinking. Because left without His grace and His love and His mercy and His his redemption, this is who we are. This is what we do and we can't help ourselves. What ends up happening is because 80% of our thoughts that are 95% reoccurrent, it creates a toxic thinking environment. And what happens is that toxic thinking creates an alternate reality for so many of us. A reality that can be led by fear, worry, or anxiety. When I've spoke on anxiety before, I remember in my study, 92% of the things that we worry about never, ever even come close to coming true. 92%. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. And yet, this battlefield, which is the mind, this is where we are in a fallen world with a fallen condition. In fact, some of this data that I I, uh, became familiar with just, just recently is over 75% of illnesses can be traced back to stress or faulty thinking. Battlefield is in your mind. And what they have learned are some simple truths. Our brain is moldable. It's moldable. There are grooves and pathways that are created in our brain. And I love what this uh, particular doctor says, Dan Siegel says, where attention goes... uh, Neural firings follow, flow, and neural connections grow. Patterns you thought were fixed are actually things that with mental effort can indeed be changed. We are not passive in all this activity of mind and awareness. That Actually, the way your brain flows is you through your, uh, what does he call it? Where attention goes goes what you choose to focus on your neural uh, firings and connections they follow that and then they create a pathway on which your thoughts will then travel and guess what it'll come back because it's reoccurrent and where your thinking is going is where uh, what our brains become this thing unbelievable thing that God has given to us is moldable. And this is why the Bible is continually using words like set, take, be when talking about our minds. Take captive. Set your mind on things above. Be, these are action verbs, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be renewed in your mind. And so with that in mind, I want to jump into what are we finishing with because I believe the mind and this, what he finishes with, are tied so closely together. Listen to Paul as he finishes. I want you to notice that from where uh, where Justin left off with the sword of the Spirit last week, there is no ending punctuation. It's just a flow into this verse. 
and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Right? And it keeps going. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whatever I speak, words may be given me so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. What Paul is saying is not in addition to all of these things, add prayer, but rather woven into all of this is prayer. You see, the armor is not mechanical. It's not magical. It needs God's Spirit. And God, through His Spirit, as we activate that in prayer, God infuses into the armor and He infuses into our resources His power and His energy. So I would simply remind you of this. This last thought is that prayer activates the armor. There's probably a lot of cool things you can go with that you guys that love Marvel, right? And love uh, yeah, the whole superhero thing. I'm not into that. I'm sure Ken would have a great illustration of that right now. But prayer, absolutely, what he's saying is activates all that God has equipped you with. It makes it happen. It makes it able. It activates all of it. So I want to talk about prayer for a minute. What does he say about prayer? And when I think about prayer, I think about this little commercial that, I've, that I have, have seen. And okay, so this is in a foreign country. So the language is, is not English. But they have subtitles under it. Okay? So I want you to watch this 30-second clip. Because when I think of prayer so often, I want you to think of this. Or this is what I think of. Sag mal, Papa, habe ich dich noch gar nicht gefragt. Wie kommst du denn eigentlich mit dem neuen iPad zurecht, was wir dir zum Geburtstag geschenkt haben? Gut. Mit den ganzen Apps kommst du klar? Was denn für Apps? Geh mal bitte einen Schritt zur Seite. quality it was the best quality i could get when i was trying to find that but obviously he has no clue what he is he's received right he has at his disposal and when i think about prayer i think about that commercial and i think this simple phrase we have been given an ipad with all of its abilities and potential and so often we are using it as a cutting Again, when I talk about prayer, all of us kind of have that, okay. But I want you to understand that what Paul is going to finish with is essential for us to understand this whole dynamic of spiritual warfare. That there is no winning outside of praying. Praying activates the armor that God has given to us. 
It is an essential part of this whole thing. It's not an add-on. It's not the seventh or eighth thing that you need to know. It is woven through every one of these pieces of of armor. I cannot put on the belt of truth without prayer. I cannot understand the helmet of salvation without prayer. I cannot do all of these things without this life-giving communication and connection with God himself that is done through the avenue of prayer. Prayer activates the armor. <clears throat> I, I uh, Lifeway Research uh, kind of did a survey on what do we pray about. You know, 82% of the time, we are praying about our family and friends. Um, 74% of the time, we're praying about our own difficulties and problems. Actually, 37% of the time, we pray for our enemies. Um, government leaders, 12% of the time. Uh, then, you know, even <laughs> 36% of the time said they were praying for financial prosperity. 21% um, of the time, people pray to win the lottery. Um, and 13% of the time, people pray for their favorite sports team to win. <laughs> Don't tell me if you've done that, okay? I'll let you in on a little thing. God does not care. He really doesn't, okay? Because he loves all those people the same. And so the same people that are praying in Columbus are the same people that are praying in Iowa City. <laughs> right? I mean... So he doesn't care. But 13% of the time, we pray about that. Um, <clears throat> but I want, you to, I want to remind you, I want to set the tone before we look specifically about what he says here. Jesus models this so beautifully for us. Jesus, Son of God, prayed. Should that not just like he prayed? Because it seems like he had an inside track on a lot of things. He prays. Remember even in this matter of spiritual warfare, remember when Peter says something that would be completely opposed to the plan and the mission of Jesus. Jesus looks at Peter and says, <clears throat> Satan, Peter, has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have what? I have prayed for you. Wow, what an unbelievable thought. Jesus is praying for us in this matter of spiritual warfare. I, I was reminded of this whole thing. Remember when the disciples couldn't drive out the certain demons? And Jesus came and, and did it. And at the end, they said, well, why couldn't we do this? And Jesus made this comment. He said, some things only in the spiritual realm come out only through prayer. Some manuscripts have fasting, right? Prayer. In this matter of spiritual warfare, prayer plays a primary role. Remember how he taught us to pray? Deliver, and when you're praying, deliver us from the evil one. Jesus would pray all night. <laughs> he would go away. Often in the Gospels, he needed to go away to pray. The early church was characterized by prayer. The apostles uh, in Acts chapter 12, they said this, that we are going to give ourselves continually to prayer. Now, I want you to understand, to pray 
To pray to pray is the essence of religion. To pray just to pray is the essence of religion. This isn't some discipline or something that you do that just you put into your life. To pray to pray is the essence of religion. To pray to see our lives strengthened, empowered, and seeing change, not only in our life but in circumstances, is to pray. You are not using the armor if you are not praying. Prayer is what makes this armor work without fail and without defeat. I would ask you this morning, have you ever considered that prayer is difficult because someone does not want us to pray? He knows that prayer is what activates his defeat. And that's how Paul finishes. Guys, God has equipped you to win. But he's also given you this secret weapon, this energy, this strength, this power that activates this all. It's so unbelievable how he does so much. It's him. In him. Resting, relying, looking to him. And in him, our victory is absolutely guaranteed. And it's through this idea or this concept of prayer. What does it look like? I just want to look at these verses again. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. He says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Four times the word all is used in this, in this verse. All, 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 all. It is a pervasive kind of thought. And what he says when he says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. If you look at those words, prayers, it's kind of the general idea for prayer. It's prayer in general. But it's kind of this idea, too, of prayer that is, uh, you're just praying all the time. uh, For It's spontaneous. It's informal. It's instant. It's just Praying, you're always praying. General requests, there's just a a lifestyle, a language of prayer that is coming out of you on all occasions. And you're just praying. You're instantaneously praying for this and you're walking down and you're praying for this and you're having this lifestyle of prayer. And then he says, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And he kind of uses a different idea of there's general just prayers and then there is very specific requests but what he is trying to communicate to us is this prayer is consistent prayer is consistent winds come through consistent prayer on all occasions with all requests and all 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 it's this idea that you and I have a lifestyle of prayer if we have a lifestyle of prayer that is calling us to have a consistent prayer life it's why paul says somewhere else these two words pray continually winds come through consistent prayer but i want you to notice that uh, he continues, as he continues, he gives us a little bit more of how to grab a hold of this. 
with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So he's calling us to consistent prayer, you know, all kinds of prayers and requests. But he's calling us to something a little bit more than just consistency. You see, be on alert. It's this word that means to be without sleep. It's okay. So remember when Jesus said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. It's this idea of watching. Be alert. Be on guard. Don't fall asleep in this matter of prayer. In fact, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about this sermon. I remember this one trip. Okay, this will take a minute. I remember this trip. I, I was working construction, and I, I, uh, we were going to do this house in New York. It was the uh, construction owner's family, and he contracted. So we're going to drive all night from Michigan to New York. Drove right by here on Interstate 80, kind of, way back when. And I remember somewhere in Ohio, like it was midnight, and I'm driving this truck with this big enclosed trailer with a lot of construction equipment. And um, man, I am just, I've been awake all day, right? And we're going to drive all night. And um, it's just amazing how you just begin to feel the heaviness, right? The road, the lines, everything's just, it's just. And so we pulled off, and, and I remember going in. I'm like, I got to get something. I got to get something. I got to get something. And, and stupidly, the guy I worked for, I mean, he had had a, you know, he had experienced a lot of things in his life. Let's just put it that way. And one of the things he did, he played college football, I think, and they, they would mess around with uh, amphetamines, right? And, um, and he said something about, hey, just take one of those, you know those beaners or those stackers that you can buy in a, Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, so I'm like, okay, I've never had one, but I, I figure if one's good, two's better. <laughs> I popped two of those things. I want to tell you what, around Cleveland, Ohio, I went from being drowsy to I literally, have you ever seen the mask with Jim Carrey? His heart's going like this. I mean, I thought I was dying. I really did. I thought, I'm just going to have a heart attack. My heart's going to explode all over the cab, and he's going to lose everything, and I'm going to die on this turnpike. Like, I went from zero to 60 or 120. I got alert really fast, all right? He's calling us to be alert. He says, with this in mind, be alert. In your praying, it's going to call you to an intentional intense approach to prayer. In fact, he continues it this way, and always keep on praying. It's the word for perseverance here. It means intensive commitment that you need to endure with. And so I want to remind you that not only does wins come through consistent prayer, but wins come through intense prayer. Remember Elijah? Therefore, confess your sins one to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. How do we know? Well, Elijah was a human being even as we are, and he prayed what? Earnestly. Earnestly. That's the kind of idea when he says, be on alert and always keep on praying. There's a sense of earnestness, of intentionality, of even intensity. 
And I would tell you that in winning this spiritual war that you're in, there are absolutely going to be times that it demands of you, it calls you to fall on your face before God, calling out to Him, intensely praying, God, help me right now. Help me to see. Help me to have strength. Help me to be able to discern. Give me power and strength in this area of my life. Keep me on track, God. Help me to not... Right? There's an intense... I don't know anybody that's made it in their journey with Christ as an overcomer, as victorious, without these moments of intense, earnest prayer. That's what Paul says. Pray consistently, pray intensely. But he finishes this way. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given so that I may fearlessly make known the gospel, the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare fearlessly as I should. His idea is pray for my mission And pray for boldness to carry out my mission. And I would say this. That prayer calls us to also have a strategic element. Know what you're praying for. Know what you're supposed to be praying for. Understanding what God wants to do with you and in you and through you. And pray, saturate that over you to win in this spiritual dynamic it calls for us to pray strategically god i need to be bold here i need to be strong here i need for the armor to empower me in this situation i need for you to help me to activate that armor so that i can then carry out what you have called me It's consistent, it's intense, and it's strategic. And here's how I want to simply finish. I want you to get into the mind of Jesus himself talking about prayer. You see, Jesus shared a couple stories when he's explaining to us how we should understand prayer. I think it fits exactly into what Paul is saying about being consistent, intense, and strategic. Listen to this. Jesus said, He told his disciples a parable to show them that they what? Should always pray and not give up. He said in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming into him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For the sake of time, there's a lot of cool background things here. Civil court, judges were absolutely across the board just evil people in that culture because they could and and jesus is kind of through his words and i'm not going to take time to break that all down but he's really making the point that this guy is not a good guy not a good judge at all okay and he's also making the point that this woman is in a very very helpless condition women didn't go to court Men did. The only reason why a woman would go to court is if she absolutely had no advocate for herself. No husband, 
no son, no father-in-law, no some male to advocate for her. She was on her. She's destitute. She's in a helpless condition. And this is an unjust judge who could care less. I, I love the notes I have on this, but I'm not going to take time. And he refused. He knew what was going on. He didn't care. But she kept coming back. Relentless is the kind of language here. He re finally, he said to him, this is Jesus helping us to understand prayer. Finally, he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care what people think, I'm not a good guy. In a shame, honor culture, he didn't even care. Shame me, I don't give a rip. Yet because this judge keep bothering me, this word is wear me out. It's a boxing term. It just keeps hitting me. Ugh. Body jab, body jab. Body. I'm finally, I'm sick and tired of it. I will see that she gets justice so that she won't come back and attack me. And the Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God, it's, it's, Jesus does this a lot as a comparison. If this, God is so much greater. How in the world, if even an unjust judge will hear the persistent, right? That's consistent, that's intense, that's strategic here. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Absolutely not. Think about what he says in, in uh, the context of Luke 11 when he's talking about the Lord's Prayer. He shares the Lord's Prayer. When you pray, pray this way. And then he gives them this picture. Jesus says to him, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. And then he finishes with, you know, would a father give a serpent to his son and instead of bread? And how much more does the God want to give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? This is Jesus helping us to understand prayer. And you know what's included with prayer? It's consistent. It's intense. It's persistent. It doesn't give up. Men always ought to pray and not give up. And this is exactly what he was trying to help us understand. Paul was helping us understand is this. Prayer activates the armor which empowers us for a life of consistent victory. But you know what's cool about this? This, even though all of us have experienced what it is to maybe struggle with consistency in our prayer life, or to know what it is to experience prayer on a deep level at times. You know what it is? It's not went away. It's still there. It's still the same. The recipe is still the same. 
And yet, you don't have to go out and earn something to be able to pray. You didn't have to bring anything in to be able to pray. You didn't have to, right? It's simply, again, as easy as right now starting to open up your heart. I don't know how to pray, Chip. I've, I've never been consistent with it. Well, guess what? When he says, and pray in the Spirit, he is giving you the secret to how you and I can develop a prayer life. Would you just start relying on the power of the Holy Spirit right now, again? In simple faith, trust, say, God, I get what you're saying, that this armor you've given me, it's activated by prayer. And God, I, I know the enemy of my soul gets this. And he does everything he can to distract me from prayer. It's amazing. I, I, I start praying and I remember everything I'm supposed to do that day. It's like, I should just pray to get my to-do list done. Isn't that amazing? Like my clarity is like, but it's, every, it's on everything but what I'm trying to do, to pray. No doubt it's the enemy. He knows this is the secret sauce. This is the secret weapon. This is what activates everything. And so he distracts us and he, he makes us pray based on emotion. I feel like praying. I don't feel like praying. This kind of prayer Paul calls us to, it's consistent and it's intense, it's strategic. It's not based on how you feel that day. I'm going to pray when I feel nothing. I'm going to pray when I feel great. Obviously, I'm going to pray when I feel bad. I'm just going to pray because this is what activates the Spirit of God working in, or activates the armor of God. And what's amazing is the Spirit of God that's in us, the helper, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside us. He will help you pray. Romans says that he even prays for us with, you know, when we can't even say words. We're feeling it so deep. The Spirit is right. I just want to remind you today of Psalms 121, what we're going to sing here in a minute. David says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You want to win? Just open your heart right now. And the thing that activates it all, God will begin to work and do and strengthen you with simple faith, simple trust, simple dependence. My help comes from the Lord. That's what makes all this real, all this doable, all this so that you and I can be victorious. Would you stand this morning and let's sing as we finish this series.